Ralph asked me to speak to you today about spiritual gifts in case you don't like this bit and then you can shoot me and not him. It's a minefield when we go into talking about spiritual gifts. Um, there's four, chapter, four um, chapters in the Bible um, that refer to it. There's Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4 and Ephesians in my office alone, I have 12 books that I can access and read on spiritual gifts. When I googled it, there were 144 million hits. I didn't have quite time this week to view all 144 million, um, but maybe we'll get there. But we probably won't. If you search on Amazon, which is an online store to buy stuff, there's 80,000 items come up when you search spiritual gifts. If you go on eBay, eBay, where you buy stuff, items, you would expect the answer to be none. But lo and behold, you can buy 10,389 items relating to spiritual gifts when you just type that in to eBay. If we did a poll today, from you, um, there will be a massive range of responses from knowing not very much about spiritual gifts to knowing an enormous amount. There will be experience, um, uh, some uh, your experience would conflict um, with each other, um, your perspectives will be different. Um, some In some schools of thought, there's controversy between what's ministerial gifts and what's spiritual gifts. There's a variety of different lists that you can use. There's different categories from Ephesians or from 1 Peter. Some say that spiritual gifts aren't used anymore. Some say um, they are, but they're not used in local churches anymore. Others say there's been too much abuse of them, so, so no thanks. So let's be really clear on two things as we venture into this. First of all, we're looking into spiritual gifts to see how the Spirit of God will empower and encourage us as God's people to do what he created us to do. That's why we're doing it. That's how our thinking is going to be around this and what we're going to explore into. The second is, let's talk about it. Not, Not with me, but with Ralph. If you disagree with something, if something doesn't make sense, if something seems contradictory, If you have an article or a podcast or a book uh, that will help me or help others, share that. If a thought comes to you that you think will be helpful for everyone. If you're struggling personally with all of this. If you've heard or read something or that I preach, not me, Ralph preaches counter to. If, If you're brand new to faith and you're investigating Christianity and you go, I have no idea what this whole thing is, let's Let's talk about it. Well, Ralph wants to talk with you about it. So email Ralph or text him or call him or do coffee with him or throw it his way on Sunday just after he preaches, not before, because it's never good when it's before. It just throws him off. Um, The more questions that are exchanged, the more rich this series will be. So there's an intro. Over you, Ralph. I hope you go well and you preach really good today. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. That's good. All right, are we on? Yep. How's his form, hey? Right. <laughs> Sorry about him. We are entering into a season and a series on spiritual gifts. Um, when you came in today, you should have got a survey of sorts. Survey is a terrible name for it, but a bunch of papers stapled together. Did everyone get one of them? 
If you didn't, you don't need it right now, but make sure you take it away with you before you leave. It's really, really important. Now, regardless of your age or what you think of yourself or your current energy levels or your health, regardless of all of this, filling in that survey will be hugely beneficial to you. Once you've filled it out, it won't be collected. It won't be marked. No one else will see it unless you want to show them. So there's, there's none of that with this. But it will enable the Spirit of God to affirm some things in your life. It will enable the Holy Spirit to empower you in ways that you're already doing or ways that you've never ventured into thinking about. What you'll discover about how God has put you together will be encouraging. So let me encourage you to give that some time and attention and insight and fill in to the best you can. Now some of those questions you'll be like, I have no idea. So the average answer to get it right in a multiple choice is C, right? So if you have no idea, just go C. But if you think, oh, maybe it's this one or that one, you just... Just lean toward one or the other. It's not a science. Again, you won't be marked. It's not a right or wrong, but you will gain insight. And then we're going to spend the next eight weeks, between now and Easter, looking at the different spiritual gifts. We're going to tackle a couple each week, sometimes three, and really explore with the idea that when your spiritual gift is spoken about, there will be a sense of stirring in you, an excitement and anticipation of how you might be drawn into more of whatever it is that God's calling you to do. A long time ago, a friend of mine shared a story about a person she knew. It was a lady who was a Christian. Um, one day, she came out of her house and walked down the path to the letterbox. And when she got to the letterbox, her, her neighbour was also at their letterbox. He was a younger guy and they said they exchanged pleasantries. She said hi and he spoke and responded with quite a heavy accent to which she asked, what's the accent? He said it's Russian. And, and, and revealed that he has been looking after his mother, who is also Russian, doesn't speak much English, who lives in the house, um, and who hasn't been very well. And so the lady asked if she could visit. Could I pop round and just say hi? And the son was really sort of like, no, I, it's, it, the language barrier is too difficult, she's really not well. And so as a result, the lady went away and she started to pray for her neighbour, for this lady. She started to pray and just uphold her in prayer and, and it kind of a burden grew out of this. And so she was seeking God one day and said, what, what shall I do? How shall I respond? And felt that making her a meal and going and knocking on the door would be a nice thing to do. It's sort of a, a, an avenue in. It might not work. It might be rejected, but that's what she thought, thought she needed to do. So she made this meal. She walked around. She knocked on the door and the son came to the door and opened the door and she explained that she'd just like to offer a meal to the family. Um, would that be okay? And, and the son eagerly accepted. And then, then she said, could I... Can I come and sit with your mother? We don't need to talk. I don't need to think. But can I? She might just appreciate some company. And some was a little bit, not suspicious, but wasn't sure, but said, okay, come in. And he went and checked with his mum and his mum was okay with this. Again, not quite understanding, but was okay. And so the lady came in and she sat next to the bed. And then as the moments rolled on, she felt this compelling to pray. And so not wanting to offend anyone or make it feel awkward, she asked the son if it would be okay if she prayed for her mother, for his mother and the situation and so forth. The son, again, not 100% sure, but checked with the mum. The mum, again, not 100% sure, but agreed. 
And so she then bowed her heads, put her hands together, bowed her heads, and started to pray. And as she started to pray, she started to speak a language that she was completely unfamiliar with. These words sort of tumbled out of her mouth as she was praying for this lady here. But there was something about it that felt like it was beyond her. It wasn't her imagining or her producing. There was something that was taking place. And so she just decided to go with it. And for a few moments she continued to pray in this foreign language, saying words that she had no idea what she was saying. When she felt that it needed to wrap up, she did so and said Amen. And then looked up. And the, the, the lady who was lying in bed was a blubbering mess, crying. And the son who's standing at the door, wasn't sure what to do with himself. Tears streaming down his face. And she thought she'd done the worst thing ever. She managed to upset everybody. What a tragedy. And so she, she asked, she said, oh, I, am, I am so sorry. To which the, the son responded, no, no, no. I didn't know you could speak our dialect. Where did you learn that? You never said you could do that. And she said, I, I, I don't know what your dialect is or or how to speak it. He said every word you prayed was, it was like, it was like God was in the room with us. God gifts those who love him with the abilities to accomplish and do things well beyond their capacity to do them. The best way to understand a spiritual gift is that we are given something that allows God's Holy Spirit to be extended through our lives to others. A spiritual gift is what gives us, what God gives us to extend the work of His Holy Spirit in the church and into the world. Now, some of you may be like me and being like, okay, that's fine, I needed a bit more concrete. So let me go a little bit more concrete. Does anyone know what this is? This is a camera bag. Don't lift it up afterwards, you'll hurt yourself. It's very heavy. And in this camera bag is my gear. See, as well as being a pastor, I'm a photographer. And at the moment, for those of you that um, love photography, I have a Canon, a Nikon, not a Canon, I don't like Canon, uh, a Nikon Z6. For, For those of you that don't know anything about it, it doesn't matter, right? But this, this bit here, not this bit here, but this bit here is the camera. And... I want you to think of yourself as a camera. This is the lens, not the lens, just the camera. Think of yourself as a camera. And God looks at you and says, I want to achieve a certain result and so I'm going to put a lens onto you that achieves that certain result. Now, let me give you some examples of how different lenses work, just for the the sake of this illustration. Put the first one up, Robert. So this one is taken with a wide lens. This is a wide lens. Wide lens means instead of shooting like this, it shoots like that. So it grabs all this light and all the image out there and takes in all that. This is really, really good for landscape photography, like the one you see. All right, let's put up the next one. This one is a macro. So this thing, once you put this on your camera, can zoom in or can get so close to something that you're this far away and capture all the detail of it. It's called a macro lens. You can't do that with the other lenses. This lens cannot do what this lens does. You cannot take a landscape photograph with this lens. You need this lens. If you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, don't worry. It doesn't matter. It's the illustration that matters. All right, go next one, Rob. This one, 
was taken just out the front of my place in Varsity Lakes with the beast. This, this is ridiculous, this thing. Just, just have a look at this for a moment. Fully extended. It's just a bit embarrassing to use, right? But I can take a photo of the observation deck of Q1 by standing on Burley Hill. That's, that's how much zoom it gets. So, whereas a wide lens goes like this, a zoom lens goes and allows you to focus in on things the long way away. And then go to the next one. This one, this is Zari, my daughter, on her birthday. It took her ages to convince her to do that. Anyway, that's taken with this lens. This is a portrait lens. This is what you take if you're taking just a nice shot. On, on most cameras, there's a kit lens and it's, it's similar to this lens. Do you get the picture? Oh, sorry about the pun. Do you get the, do you get the idea? No lens is better. I don't look at my, my kit and go, oh, I, I love that lens. On Saturday morning, we had a challenge where you're only allowed, I go out with some guys in Burley and um, we're only allowed to choose one lens. I was like, one lens? Like, I kind of needed them all to do a whole scope of different things. See, each one of them is really important. As a photographer, you don't go, that's the best lens. You go, wow, I have this variety of lenses. So when we start talking about spiritual gifts, it's not that one gift is better than any others. All are needed. And they all belong in my camera bag. And so for the sake of this analogy, our church would be the equivalent to the camera bag, right? That has these bunch of cameras with a bunch of different lenses on that enables us to produce different results. Different people gifted differently by God to enable God's church to do amazing things in the world. Does that make sense? That's good? You're tracking along? Okay, cool. It's the same the way God gifts each of us. God wants to give you a lens that will enable him to achieve something through you that cannot be done through anyone else. That's how important each of you are. We, the church, are God's camera bag. This series is about identifying what lens God has given us. What lens has God given us? What does he want me to do? What does that look like? How does it shape? How does it work out? What's the sweet spot of where God wants me? Because if I can understand that, I don't need to do the other stuff. I just need to do what God has geared me up to do because I know this person's doing what God's asked them to do and this person's asked what God asked them to do and as a church, we are fulfilling what God has called us to do. If we do this, we have something truly beautiful to offer the world. Truly beautiful which is what Paul talks about in the reading we just heard. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed, or as we heard today, and I'm much like this, do not be ignorant. When the Bible tells us to not be ignorant about something, that's pretty important that we listen, right? We can't just go, ah, well, that's an optional extra. It's like, oh, hang on. They've, they've told us we need to pay attention and really value what this is. See, gifts of the Spirit are essential for a healthy, functioning body. It's, it's like um, before we were made, it's like the, our body parts coming together and having a bit of an orientation, a bit of conference, and the hand going, I think I'd be a pretty good eye. Can I have a go at that? And the eye going, that is ridiculous. Do you know what I, I have to do? I can't do what, what you do, but I, my body needs me to see in order for you to pick things up or do things with your hand. Or the, or the ear going, I reckon I'll make an all right ankle. And it wouldn't work, right? You'd just fall over. 
all the time. It needs to be able to hear the incoming information and be able to send it to the brain to calculate that whilst we stand and move around because of our angles. This is the way God has put his church together with such intricacy and beauty that each one of you have roles to play and things to do that he wants to reveal to you and show and affirm in you and cheer on and encourage. There are different kinds of gifts, verse 4 says, but the same spirit that distributes them. There are different types of lenses, but they all come from the same camera shop. There are different types of service, but the same Lord. There are different photos to be taken, but they all use the same light. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. See, when we use the gift we have uniquely been entrusted to use, God becomes free to do his work. What doesn't matter is the work that we do. Sometimes we tend to get, oh, it matters what I do and this, this is much more important. And this is, if you're working in, in the space of your spiritual gifts, what your work is will feel far more important than everybody else's work. Because that's what God's called you to do. That's a good thing, but we don't need to tell each other, oh, my work's better than yours. God, that's not what God's interested in. God is interested in him being glorified by the use of our gifts, of others looking to the work of God, not the work that we do, which we necessitate, we fulfil, we facilitate as we work inside our gifts for God to do what we've asked God to do. So throughout this conversation about spiritual gifts, we mustn't lose sight of this. The gifts you have, the gifts I have, the gifts our friends have, what's important about them is the God who gives them. He knows you. He loves you so much that he would go, I've got something special that I want to achieve through you and I'm going to gift you to do that. I'm going to put things in your life to enable that to happen. Verse 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's also very important when we talk about spiritual gifts. The point of us being gifted is for the common good. It's for everybody's benefit. Everything else and everyone else should be improved or bettered or helped when we use our gifts. Which means... If you maybe go, I think I've got a prophetic word and the prophetic word is to go to someone and say, God says you're a jerk and you need to change. Corinthians would argue probably not good use of your spiritual gift, probably not what God is actually saying there. If if you're in leadership and you make a decision that benefits you to the detriment of those you lead, Corinthians would say that is not an expression of the spiritual gift of leadership. The spiritual gift of leadership is for the common good of everyone, just like all those other gifts are. It happened in the church of Corinth. People were getting up in church and they were speaking in tongues, as we talked about before. Tongues is a gift of the Spirit. They were speaking out in tongues and what Paul came to realise was that they were doing it to say, look how spiritual I am. Look how special I am. Look how good I am. And Paul wasn't having any of it. He says the reason we have our spiritual gifts is to benefit those who are yet to be believers. So if that's your agenda with the use of this gift, you're you're, you're, um, uh, disobeying the heart that was given for these gifts. It shouldn't happen. It's meant to be for the common good. Because Paul knew that what those who didn't know Jesus intimately most needed 
wasn't a showing off of the spiritual gift, is that they needed Jesus. That was just burning away always on Paul's heart. Whenever we read through the epistles, just read through this idea that at the bottom line was that Paul was just desperate that people would come to know the saving grace of God, just like he had through Jesus Christ. So we might use our gifts so that others might encounter Jesus, so that others might meet Jesus, so that others might go, that's what the church is? That is amazing. How do I I become part of this? How do I get to know who God is through the expression of these gifts? Maybe some of you today have not encountered God yet. Maybe you're sitting there like people would have in in the first century going, this whole spiritual gifts thing, it's a bit strange. What you need to know is that God has gifted the church to reveal to you that Jesus loves you. What you need to know is that God loves you so much that he wants you to know him so badly. Spiritual gifts are given so that what Jesus did for people on the cross can become known to them. And then Paul leaps into a list about what those gifts are. It's one of four lists, as that guy in the video said earlier. Four lists in scriptures. In scripture, and today we're just tackling one of those lists. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. What a list! And it's like only a third of the total list that you could put together. Let's just pause for a moment. If God would share these things with us, the richness of these gifts with us, his children, he must have some wonderful and grand things in store. Some really amazing things that he wants us to be sitting in the centre of, that he wants to accomplish through us. And I feel like I need to say, this is kind of sad on me all week, God is not done with you yet. He hasn't gone, oh well, we'll move on to something different. He is not done with you yet. He hasn't given up on you. He is at work in you and with you and through you well before this sermon was ever preached. He wants to empower you regardless of your age or your mobility or your energy or any of the things we might go, but... He wants to give you these wonderful gifts to shine his love into the world. Don't discount what you have to offer the kingdom of God. God certainly hasn't. Which is emphasised as he describes these gifts. The scripture says it has these different describing words before the spiritual gifts. It says, given through the spirit, by means of the same spirit, by the same spirit, by that one spirit, all these are the work of one and the same spirit. Do you think there's a point that's trying to be made here? It's the work of the spirit that is important in our understanding and use of spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are a channel through which the Spirit of God can engage the world. That's why the Spirit gives, gifts them to us, because he wants to be part of his ministry to people and to the world. To extend the Spirit's reach into people's lives, of those inside the church and then those outside the church. And then Paul complu- concludes with one final piece of wisdom. Verse 11, 1 Corinthians 12. He says, all things are the work of one and the same Spirit and he distributes them to each just as he determines. 
You ever look at someone and go, oh, I wish I could do that. Just as good as they do. But there's something special about them. I, I, wish, I wish I had that. I do. I've done that. I have a mate who has the spiritual gift of pastoring and it's, it's a little bit ridiculous. The way he cares for people and his patience and his understandings, but the questions he asks people cause them to light up and share in a way I have not seen before. And so we were doing a joint project um, recently and there was a third guy that came into the mix. The third guy coming into the mix, I'd known him for 10 years. Quite, quite happy not to talk about himself ever. And, and, and difficult to kind of extract information or see how he's doing and that. And so the heat comes in and my mate's here and I'm like, this is going to be interesting. And no kidding, first, first line, my mate says to him, says, um, so what's your story? And um, the, the guy go, looks at him like deer in the headlights. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, oh, well, where are you from? What's happened to you? What takes place in your life? What's been important to you? And then, not even kidding, for the next 30 minutes, he talks. And I'm sitting there going, you're joking, I've known this guy for 10 years. I've got like this much out and in, and in half an hour, entire life story. Fascinating. Amazing. Beautiful. And I'm just sitting there going, Oh, I wish I could do that. You ever have those moments? I wish I could do that. It's the extension of the work of the Holy Spirit through my mate to meet this guy where he was at. And it was just beautiful to, just to, and I remember reflecting on it going, why didn't I think to do that? That was easy. Like, why did that not just spill out of me? What's going on there? Now, listen to this, verse 11. All these are the work of one spirit and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as God determines. God determines who gets gifted at what. It's kind of nice that way. All the arguments are taken care of. Why didn't I get that? Uh, it's on God. If you've got a problem with that, you've got a problem with God. To, to, my kids say, you get what you get and you don't get upset. They say that because we've been telling them that since they were born. No, 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 you don't worry about what anyone else says. You get what you get and you don't get upset. This is what God is saying here. All these are the work of the same spirit and you get what you get and you don't get upset. Now, I shared with my mate after that. I said, I was just in awe of how you, how you do that and I know it wasn't just one occasion that you do that all the time. You ask people brilliant questions and you just really care and you get to find out where people are at, you get to minister to them and care for them in that space. I wish I could do that. And his response was this, he goes, are you kidding? So he said, I went, no, no, no. He said, I wish I could do the things you do. I wish I could lead like you do or preach like you do. I wish I could do what you do. I'm like, ha, no way. Should we swap? No, I didn't say that. I said, we chatted and realised that this is the beautiful tapestry that God has put us together as the church. We're not meant to do anything outside of what God has gifted us to do. But when we sit in that space, we go, oh, God is using me and God is flowing through me and I don't need to do what you do. I just need to cheer it on and encourage you and walk beside you and allow you to do that, enable you to do that. So I'm enabled to use my gifts because God has gifted his church, he has gifted us to do the things in this world that he really wants to do. It's wonderful. It's amazing. It's, it's this, this exciting, 
and unique journey, adventure God takes us on. So this week I want to encourage you. Grab that survey, have a go at it. You'll each need one. If there's not enough, we can print out some more, that's fine. If you get stuck on a question, just move on and come back to it. If you, if you get to get the end of it and you're like, I, I don't know how to add it up. There's a bit of a thing at the end about how to add it up. If you're not sure, just bring it back next week or ask somebody you think might have a clue or just take a break and come back to it. We can work all those bits out. On the back page is a list of questions. There's five questions. And those questions are aimed at drawing out more of what's around this because we are not the be-all and end-all of our spiritual gifts. We are so much more than that. And those other things that surround those spiritual gifts in our lives really determine what things we might do and where God might lead us. So those five questions are for you to sit and think about and answer. You might ask a friend. You might say, this is what the, the survey said I got. What do you think? Do you think that's me? And they might be like, oh, well, what about this? Or what about that? Or they might say, that's, that's you to a T. Or they might say, did you fill it in completely correctly? It's a good cause for conversation, right? Have a chat to God about it. God, what, is, this, is this right? Is, is what I've discovered here more of what you want to lead me into? What am I currently doing that I actually need to step aside and allow the space for somebody else to step into? And if you... We have eight weeks between now and Easter. Well, I mean, we've got a lot longer than that, but to specifically explore this stuff. And so I'd encourage you to lean in to the next eight weeks where we talk about what your gifts are and how they work and how they fit in. Where you're going to ask questions and really wrestle with this. Where you can see the gifts at work in other people and celebrate them and encourage them. And I also want to encourage you, like, if you, if you don't know Christ today, if you come here and you don't know God, you don't know God loves you, but there is a stirring I would love to meet you afterwards. I'd love to pray with you and encourage you. So, so if that's you, or if you have any other things that you'd like to pray, like prayer for, myself will be down here. Some of the elders will be around. We would love to to nurture and and and, and just add fuel to the fire of prayer in the midst of this place. And so we'd love to pray for you if if that's something that you would appreciate and need this morning. If you just want to come up and say hi or chat about what, whatever's taking place, please come find me afterwards. So let's, um, let's pray. Lord, it can be so exciting and yet so daunting to think that you have gifted us and you have called us. And maybe we're operating outside of that space and that's why we're feeling tired or disgruntled or frustrated. Maybe there are greater things that you are calling us into that we've not yet realised. Maybe there's just a quiet warm affirmation of what we are already doing is just smack bang in the centre of your will, Lord. But we pray you would meet us, not just, not just now, but this week and these couple of months and this year as you, as you bring your church to become the fullness of what you intended it to be. If you empower each of us through the Spirit to do things you've uniquely and wonderfully gifted us to do. And so Lord, may this week be a week of encouragement. Cheer us on. Speak to us. Challenge us, encourage us and affirm us, we pray. And Lord, if there are some here this morning that don't know your saving grace, don't know your love, Lord, I pray they would encounter you right now. They would meet you and and understand, be confronted by the power of your love, by your desire to forgive them, by your hope to give them purpose and meaning. 
And Lord, may today be a special, may it be a start to a special journey with you, Lord. So we pray these things in your wonderful and powerful name. And everybody agreed and said, Amen.